far to us. But we know that you're love. Hallelujah, God. Because the word tells us so. We know we are the righteousness of you, dear God. Because the word tells us so. You are righteous. So we, we know that's who you are. So, Father, today, dear Lord, be all those things and more in our lives. Meet us at the crossroads. Establish us. <laughs> As men, women and men of God, you called us to be yes, right Lord. now, dear Lord. Yes, Lord. Build us, mold us, shape us, <laughs> create anew in us. We yes, break Lord. ourselves before you, dear Lord, yes, Lord, to establish you in this place today, yes, Father. Thank you, we thank you now thank you, for your goodness and your greatness. You, You're more than a king of glory. Yes. You're all that we want to be. Yes, all that whom we want to become. Yes, all of who we want to sit to the right of. Yes, all yes, of yes. all that we know, dear Lord. Yes, thank you. So make us a little bit more like you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And let the church say, amen, amen, amen. Hey, Rachel, you turn on my mic, please, in the back. Thank you. All right. I'm Pastor Baird. There's the kids, some of the kids, all the kids, are going to the back to empower kids. Amen. Look at the little ones. All right, all right. Well, please stand with me, please. I'm sorry for having you sit down. Please stand with me and go to Romans, the third chapter. Romans, the third chapter. Romans, the third chapter. 21st to the 24th verse. We'll read from that today. We'll do a lot of scripture reading today, but we'll make that our foundational scripture today. Romans 3, verse 21 through 24. So happy to have you here today, this summer Sunday. What's this? Third Sunday? Second Sunday in August. We're getting through summer. Before long, you parents will get calls from schools and your kids are traveling. But anyway, but it's, it's almost time for school to start. But we're excited about it, amen. Verse Romans 3.21 reads, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Father God, we ask these words now, dear Lord, that those who hear them, that it be established in their spirit, give us an ear to hear and a heart to just be, hear more from you, to feel you, to establish you, to worship you, to bless your name today, Father. For me, Father, place me upon the potter's will, dear Lord. You'll be the potter. And I'll be the clay. I'll break myself before you, Father, for you to build me up into the man of God you called me to be today, dear Lord. Breathe the breath of life into me, Father, so when I speak, I speak only the words you've given unto me with clarity, precision, and power. Move by your grace. Move by your spirit today, dear Lord. Heal the broken heart and the broken mind and the broken spirit today, Father. Let healing be our established in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray, we all said, amen. 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 You may rest in the presence of God today. Amen. Man, summer is an interesting season. It's an interesting season in the summer. Summer means people are on vacation. Summer means people are traveling. Summer means people are getting married. Somebody got married yesterday. It's too hot to get married in August. Amen. So some folk had a wedding today. And they sweated out yesterday, so they dehydrated today. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. But it's too hot in the South to get married. I don't know. But oh, hey, do love. Amen. Do yeah. love. Amen. Do love. Today, the big idea I want to share with you is God has a design for our lives, but we depart from his design 
and end up in brokenness. Someone say brokenness. 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 We, we end up in this brokenness this season where we are disconnected from God and we tend to do some things that are just not naturally to what God has designed for us to do. We are broken. Last week we talked about we about the nations and the good news. We established the three rings. We had the three rings. We established the three ring concept of God's design, brokenness, and then the gospel. We we talked about what it takes, what our original design was. We went back to the original time of creation we know in Genesis when we were formed to be in the image of God. There was Adam and then there was Eve. And they were in the garden we call Eden. And, you know, if you say where Eden is, Eden actually is a pretty big place. Not like the garden in our backyard or in our front yard. Eden is a massive place. It took over uh, uh, parts of Euphrates and the river. And that's over there in Iraq and Iran and over there in Ethiopia and was called Abyssinia back in the day and uh, all up in the Egypt and all over there. That was the Garden of Eden based upon what the Bible tells us. There's two rivers we can tell, but other two rivers we don't know where they are. But it was massive. So from the beginning, we had a massive home. Amen. We were big, big shots. Adam and Eve were big in the house of God. And we they were, in that, they were designed to be rulers over the earth, over the things that were in front of them. They were given the responsibility to, to, to maintain and control the animals. They had a lot, you know, they were God's image. They were creators. They were, and we were made in that image, spiritually made in the image of God. And that was God's design for us to really be, I guess, his workmen, per se. To help him with, with establishing his kingdom here on earth. That is our original design. And spiritually, we have not fallen from that. But what happened with Adam and Eve, they enter into a season of brokenness because they sinned against God. Yes. When they sinned against God, they went into brokenness and then they had tried to go hide themselves from God because they now they their eyes were open to sin. Before that, it was perfection. But then there came sin. There's a card in your chair that prayer request and so before you leave here it'd be great if you would just write the names of somebody on there to first to commit to praying for them to the course of this week last month we asked everybody to get one person in your mind and that one person if you would spend some time over the course of the month of July praying for them and befriending them and meeting them for coffee or for lunch and really building a relationship connecting with them we also understand that the vast majority of Christians, those of us who are Christian believers, the vast majority of us will not, will not, will not share the gospel to anybody in our lifetime. The vast majority of us will not lead one person to Christ. And we the believers. We the ones that have been set free and sanctified and live with the glory and the blessings of God. And yet, Still, statistics say the vast majority of us will not lead now one person to Christ. We're not going to be that type of church. We're spending this summer teaching about evangelism, encouraging us to be evangelists, encouraging us to do what we've been charged to do through the Great Commission. We've been commissioned to go out and make disciples of all nations. So say you won't save all of Southwest Charlotte. That's okay. Let's get you one this year. 
Let's get you one this year. You know, if you get one, you'll be in the top 10 percentile of Christians. If you just get one. If you just get one, you are the cream of the crop. Think about that. That's a sad statistic. That's a sad statistic. But let's at least be in the top 10%. Let's get a one. Today, someone walked up to me and said, can I get baptized? Two weeks ago, we baptized two. And I'm excited. Now our list is growing. So you want to get baptized. We want to get you baptized because we want to move from back to, we want to get from that circle, from God's design, go through our sin, because we all, you know, we, we all. To get to brokenness and to get to a place of repentance where you start to believe again and hear the good news of the gospel and say, I want to get baptized. They say, I want to get baptized. That's exciting. Yes, amen. That list continues to grow. And some of the statistics here I'm going to share with you just to see what brokenness is, what it looks like. In the United States today, 40% of children live in single-parent households. One half of a million children have been removed from their homes due to abuse, neglect, and placed in foster care. 20 million people are ensnared with some type of addiction in America. Today, we're in a season of brokenness. Police report this on 3,000 violent crimes every day. Mm. We're in a season of brokenness. That doesn't move anything to you. In Mecklenburg County, where we live, we get some statistics here just to see what brokenness look like. The median household income for Asians, it's almost $82,000 a household. Whites is 76000 Asians' income is, are greater than whites. And so you know what Asians are? Asians are the ones we take typically from China and Korea, but Indians, East Indians, are also Asians. So that's part of that statistics. Latinos make... $42,118,000 median income per household. Blacks are $42,000 median income, almost half of Asians. Now, there's some financial brokenness to come along with this, too, evidently. More, statistics, more startling is this. The median household income is $61,000. I said blacks were $42,000. So we're not even at the median household income of the race of people here in Mecklenburg County. And the livable, livable wage for a family of four is actually $52,000. And so blacks, generally, we don't even make the average out to be what the livable wage is. It's brokenness. We are moved away from God's design. Oh, look, she has statistics and data up there. <laughs> Let's give it up for my wife. Let's give it up for my wife. Amen. Third grade literacy and CMS. We thought school starts in just a few weeks. And I, I joked about uh, you'll get calls at home from the school because your kids are being trifling. But I, I, I can say that from um, experience that um, a lot of our kids show out in school. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had the bless, blessing to be, they asked me, Kennedy, to come by. I got a call out of nowhere and said, Pastor Barry, can you come by and substitute over here at Kennedy for a day? We need some help. We need, we need somebody to come. 
out the blue. I didn't know who the person was. I said, sure, I'll come by. I'll come by for a date. I said, oh, Pastor Barry, can you come back tomorrow? Okay, well, if you need me, I'll come back tomorrow. But what you doing on Monday? Because we... <laughs> I ended up staying home almost half a school year as a substitute teacher. And let me tell you, I learned more about my people. See, I was a college professor, so I didn't have to deal with parents. Parents called me, I'm talking about, your child is grown. Click. <laughs> but when you middle school, you got to talk to the parents. And you see fruit, because you know your fruit don't fall far from the tree. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And so when I see a trifling student, I, I see the parent, oh, okay, I get it. I, okay. I forget a child. I forget a child. He, they're doing the best they can. I mean. And, and, and it's worse that my first month, I was the substitute, and I got abused by kids. Because they thought that I wasn't coming back. And then I kept coming back. And then Christmas came, break came, and I came back. Mm -hmm. And then I would see them in the grocery store, and you can see them, and I'm, you know, they're running for they, <laughs> their parents. They, <laughs> we go out to eat in my pizza, and the, and the one who fought just this last week that I broke up is sitting there with his dad. And you can almost see the sweat coming down from his face. He, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But because, you know, it was the, the likeliness that they, now they realize that, oh, I see Pastor Barrett in the neighborhood, let me not be so trifling. Because wow. <laughs> I see him at the store. I see him getting coffee. Matter of fact, I ride down the street in the morning in my car, and they know my car. And I'm scared they're going to find my house because they see my car. And they just wave at me at the bus stop. And, and, and we laugh about it, but there's some statistics that are alarming because I can see some of them I work to speak into their life because if I do not, they're destined for great failure. Yes, yes, yes. And that brokenness that they will experience is something that's going to be generational because right now they're in a generational decline. Third grade literacy in CMS, 40% read at or above proficiency. 40%. 69% of them are white. 61% are Asian. 24% are Latinos who speak two languages and normally English is not their first language. 24%. That's right. That's right. That's right. For black folks, 27. Mm. Latinos who not even speak English as their first language is at 24%. Blacks are at 27. Mm. See, we, we're dealing with some real issues here in America. Yeah. You know, I used to tell this statistic about, you know, they determine how many jail cells to build, prisons to build based upon the third grade literacy rate, but that's not absolutely true. According to reading partners, I read this to you, a student not reading at his or her grade level by the end of the third grade is four times less likely to graduate from high school on time. Six times less likely for students from low-income families Take that and add it to 2009 study by researchers at Northwestern that found that high school dropouts were 63 times more likely to be incarcerated than college grads. So they may not build statistically prisons per third grade, but they know that if third grade is rough, 
Chances are they're not going to graduate from high school. And you have a greater chance of going to prison than to college if you don't graduate from high school. You got a better chance of going and being in, in prison than getting a job if you don't graduate from high school. And as black folks, if one in four of our kids are only reading at the high school at the third grade level, three out of four are not. Those three out of four have a greater chance of not graduating from high school. Those three out of four means that they have a greater chance of being incarcerated. That's why we do what we do. We have to get back to God's design. That's why we spend so much time with empowered kids because it is imperative that we deal with our kids. It's imperative that we spend time reaching out to our kids. It's imperative that we have every Friday we do something fun for the kids because we want to save at least one that can get turned around. We want to speak into somebody's life. We're at war to save a generation of people. Yes, yes, yes. And quite often, they don't even know they need to be saved. That's a fact. That's it. It's almost alarming to me that when uh, a, a parent comes to this church and the kids love to come to church. They love to come to church. <coughs> and the kids are calling us to come to church because the parents won't bring them to church. Yeah. That's alarming. That I, I want my kids to be like, come to church. It's better for them to come to church and then get an education that they may not even get in school, but they're sitting here and they'll actually do some work. Mm-hmm. Yes. And love to come here because it's fun, yes. but they're learning. There's a method to them. There's a method. I'm gonna say the madness. I'm mad. There's a method to what we're doing. Three points I want to give to you today. We choose to depart from God's design. We choose it. This has been true from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. We choose to sin. God does not send anyone to hell. No, God does not. Mm-mm. He just he will sit there and let you go over your life. And as you go over your life, you're gonna for some of them we're gonna be breaking down. So we're gonna see that we actually chose this decision. We chose this. Adam and Eve thought they knew better than God. Genesis 1, 3, verse 1 through 7 reads, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. He told him. Yeah. We chose from the very beginning to go against what God's word was, what God's word is, to obey my command. We choose to to to. to to smoke that extra little, we choose to pour out that just a little bit more. We we chose that. People tell me that they didn't know. I didn't mean to get pregnant. What do you mean? Didn't mean to get pregnant? You meant to get pregnant when you lay down. That's it. And didn't cover up. You meant to be pregnant. That's you don't want to be pregnant. You chose that. We choose. I can look over my life at all the bad choices that I've made. When they were going out to do, I shouldn't have went, but I did because I want to be part of the crew. I remember, you know, you had to test in school, you had to study for it, and you said, well, but the party's going to be nice. I mean, I'm just going to, mm-hmm. I'll get it in the morning. Mm. Didn't work out. 
Or or you say, you know, you know, some some communities, you if you're not if you're not on time, it's a big problem. You may be the greatest worker known to mankind, but if you're late on a continuous basis, they don't care what you do after nine o'clock. We make that choice to be continuously in the cycle of lateness as black people. <laughs> we make that choice. There's some things we do that don't work in our best interest because we live in a state of brokenness. One good thing I know, though, we beat up on each other right now. Isaiah 53, 6 says this, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He knows us all. He understands. But we all have gone astray. Isaiah, I mean, Romans 3, 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's amazing. My wife gets all that stuff. Man. But because we know these things, when you enter into a state of brokenness, we got to understand it's not the end of it all. We got to understand that we will enter into brokenness when we sin. Part of the things I love about the, what I like about Alcohol's Anonymous, Anonymous is the fact that they get up every time they speak and they say, I am an alcoholic. I don't think you should confirm that all the time. But what it does do is I'm taking responsibility for my actions. Mm -hmm. I'm being real with myself. If I know if I go back to this bottle again, remind myself I am still an alcoholic. I have an addiction. So I'm doing good to be apart from it. But if I go get another sip of it again, I can lead back to my own destruction. And quite often, we don't take the responsibility as believers, as adults, to, 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 to take responsibility of our own sins and say, I'm in a state of brokenness. I can't put it down. I, ha I, just, I need help. Huh, but thank God for Jesus. God knew that we needed help. He knew that we all would sin, and so he sent his best to come down to the earth yes. to wipe away all of our sins. We move into a place of repentance. Yes, yes. Number two, when we depart from God's design, it always leads to always leads to brokenness. When we act like who we not, you know, we forget that we God's children. You know, we were established by God Himself. We we have the image and the spirit of God with us, and when we move away from whom we are and whose we are. We enter into brokenness. We try to hide from God. Even Adam and Eve tried to hide from God in Genesis, the third chapter, verse 8 through 10. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they went in South Carolina because it was the cool of the day. It <laughs> 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 wasn't in Charlotte. <laughs> and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, Adam answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. We've been trying to hide our sins from God since we've been born. Yes. It's part of our fallen nature to try to hide our sins. Hide our sins from our loved ones, from our children, from our wives, from our bosses, from your pastor. <laughs> I want you to understand this. 
I come from a season of brokenness in my life. So I don't care what sin you did or done or doing. Because I may have done half of myself. And I understand that if God can heal me from it and remove it from me, he can remove it from you. So there's no judge, no jury in this church at all, period. Amen? Period. But we can't even hide. They tried to hide. You can't hide your sin. It always will lead to a state of brokenness. You can look good on Sunday. Go home and be broken on Monday. That's right. That's it. And, and all your your dirt would start coming out for everybody else to see. Matter of fact, other strangers will see your dirt before your people closest to you will see it. You can't hide it even from the people in the world. The third parties will see your brokenness before those closest to you. Because when you in, you know, when you go in your car and the car your car is not smelling the best, and you ride in there for a week, and you think mm, this smells good, it smells good in here, and the next person get in the car and say, "Ooh, you." You gotta freshen up a little bit. Because <laughs> when you get around the stench for so long, when you so close to the sin and the stench, you yeah. the person next to you can't even see it because they so accustomed to you being in it. Right. Mm -hmm. But the people who see you coming down the street, people at your job who see you on passing, they can see it and smell it on you. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Wow. It's amazing how some alcoholics they drink vodka because of gin. Gin because they can't smell it. You can't smell it. Don't go drinking gin because I told you a little secret. I used to. You used to. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. I love it. But then they go drink this gin and then they come to work red. And like you can't smell it, but boy, we sure can see it. That's right. <laughs> Three, brokenness disrupts God's design. Brokenness disrupts God's design. In Genesis third chapter, the fourteenth verse, it says, "So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. I, I laugh at this part because, you know, I grew up in California, on the, lived on the, next to the beach, and I, I used to surf. I'm a black surfer. Not many of us, but we did it. And I would sit on my board out in the water, and you could see the sharks, but it didn't mean nothing. Because, you know, some were, they weren't the big, there wasn't no great whites. Because nobody hanging out with a great white. I mean, I just, I ain't nobody no fool. That's his water. We just visited, you know what I'm saying? But there's some sand sharks, right? And they're little smaller sharks. They do bite, but they're a little smaller. I mean, sharks don't really want to eat people. You know, people, there's some crazy ones right now, though. So something's going on in the water right now because sharks don't like people, but they've been biting people a lot lately. Yeah. And you can see the shark, and nobody tripped off the shark because nobody ever got bitten by a shark. It didn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. Just wait for the next wave. But I moved to North Carolina, and I saw a, a snake swimming in the water. Oh, and I ain't walked near the water since I saw the snake swimming in the water. I mean, that, it don't make no sense, right? It don't make no sense swimming. Come on, I can't. I can't uh, can you ask swim a snake? I don't even know. I don't want to know. I just don't want to be part of that. It's not part of my life. I and I saw, we went to eat, and I saw one. It was about this thick. 
that brown one, that brown one, it was a big, thick old snake. And I'm like, what in the world? I mean, what kind of nature is this? <laughs> Where are the sharks? Like, give me a shark any day. I don't want no snake. I just don't want to be bothered. And then, and then they're swimming on top of the head up, and they're swimming, and they come you know, towards me, and I'm like swimming like this. I'm on the ground, though. You can't get to me. I'm going, you know. So, but it all goes back to this. I think in my mind, back to this passage of Scripture, Every time I see a snake, I think of the enemy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sly mm -hmm. and Every quiet time. coming for you, mm -hmm. and you not know it. Mm -hmm. yes, that's it. That's how sin comes in. It comes sly, mm -hmm. quiet, mm -hmm. cunning. Mm -hmm. You don't even see it coming. Mm -hmm. But when it comes and it bites you, it, mm -hmm. woo, yeah. it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. So it would disrupt your spiritual life. Mm -hmm. You find yourself found in sin and your praying is shorter. Your mm -hmm. fasting doesn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. You get on the prayer line, it's non-existent. You don't, you're not even spending time before the Lord because sin has worked its way in mm -hmm. without you knowing. It disrupts your family. Pain and childbearing, what it says in the 16th chapter, it reads here, to the woman, he said, I will make your pains and childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth. Mm. It disrupts your family life. <coughs> so we all have something to birth into this world. You may have an idea. You may have a book. It, you may have a business concept that you need to give birth to. You all, We all have something to give birth to in this. We all have been destined by God for something great. But quite often, many of us would just get to a place of good and not great because we won't give birth to what God has given to us because we are living in a place of brokenness because of sin. But to get to giving this childbirth, to give birth to this book, this business, this idea, this concept, is now painful because of sin. So we move to a place where we're living a life that's more in the likeness of God than perhaps when we just listen to what God says to us in our prayer time, our fasting prayer time, it becomes easy. Mm -hmm. right. well, I love how T.D. Jake says, people say how great and smart he is. He said, I'm not smart. And I do my, my, I'm not smart. I just do what the will of God, I just do what God tells me to do. There's something about doing what God says that makes you brilliant versus those who don't do what he says because they can't hear from him because they are living in a state of brokenness. It will disrupt your family life. Verse 16 says this. To the woman he said, I will make your pains. And then he said these things. He says, goes on. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. It disrupts your married life. Mm -hmm. Being separated from God will make you put a, to a position where not just your married life, but your, your other members of your family, there'll be a separation between. I don't know about you, but there's some black sheep in my family. Mm -hmm. And it became black sheep because I got one uncle who used to rob banks. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 it's amazing. Never seen him at any family reunions because he was locked up. Never seen him uh, hang out with us because he was locked up. And when he got out, he went back in. 
But my uncle needs to have a book because he's the only person I know or heard of who's broken out of federal penitentiary two times. Oh, broke out. Wow. Broke out. Bad boy. He bad boy. He bad boy. One time he got arrested. He used to work out with the police because he was that type of dude at the oh, gym yeah. in L.A. He used to work out with them. And when he was working out with them, his picture went on the TV while he was in the um, <laughs> That was not a good day. But that was living in a state of brokenness. See, he knew he was raised like everybody else was raised. With a grandma, my grandmother was his mother who loved the Lord, who prayed daily, who, who could recite the scriptures, but somehow, some way, he lived in a state of brokenness. Because of sin. Because of sin. Brokenness helps us to brokenness helps us see our need to change. It helps us see our need to change. It it we try to fix our own brokenness or relationships through drugs, through alcohol, through through pornography, through I mean, we strive to make a better me, become more spiritual. All oh, people getting spiritual now. What does that really mean when you're getting spiritual? What what does that really mean? When somebody else says it. Let me tell you what let me tell you what religion really is for us. And I don't want to be religious, but let me tell you what religion really is. Because we were brought into this world and we are continuously battling with our own individual physical self, that we sometimes fall astray. And so what religion is supposed to do is to recreate you into who you were destined to be by God's design. What religion does is put some boundaries. You know, you got lines in the street that keeps you from going on that side of the street. It gives you some boundaries as to how to live your life. It gives you your stop signs and your green lights and your red lights that you need. So, yes, to be spiritual, but be spiritual connected with the, a way. See, Jesus came to show us the way because he was what? The way. The truth. And the life. But see, the way was an order as well. See, the way was actually an order. It was a religious order that showed them how to live to be more like God. Jesus says, I'm the door. <laughs> He, he, he gave us a, we walked through that door through him to be, he said, but he also said in the word of God that no man can see but, 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 but by me. That's right. So that's the way. So it's okay to be in a religion because religion is created to put us back into becoming more like God's design. Oh, I like that. She's good. She's good. <laughs> Genesis 3 and 7 says this, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Brokenness seems like a bad thing, but in many ways it's good because it's God's, how he gets God's attention, or God gets our attention. God has made a way out of brokenness by giving us the gospel. Amen. See, even they tried to hide. When they tried to hide, they recognized they needed to make a change, so they made a change in the midst of their brokenness. When we're living in sin, you'll get to a place quite often where it's just like, I got to change this. I can't get up with a headache every Saturday morning from going out Friday night. I don't know about you, but I, I, I love the Lord, but there was a season when I was young, I used to worship this thing called a, uh, what was that, a, 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 a postal God? 
you know, you used to get on knees. Porcelain guy. Porcelain guy, yeah, get on your knees and bow down and give all your inside. All that. Because I, 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 when I was young, when I was young, I was really young. I was college age, young, and not early college. And I just used to just go out and did. Since I was raised in the church, I didn't know how to be in the world. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what was my limit. I had to learn the hard way what my limit was because I was right. a good kid, and then, you know, I didn't know what my limit was. Right. I got introduced right. to this stuff, and so I would drink it, and it tasted good. And I figured, as long as it tastes good, I'm gonna drink it. And it got to a place where I then would find myself bent over, and in the morning, you know, you 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 dry it out, and you and when you get dry, your head starts to hurt, and you, you know, and you then you get to a place that when this brokenness, I come to realize this has there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way than then I wake up, I'm laying next to somebody I don't know. I, it has to be a better way. There has to be a better way that I continue to date the same person after the same person after the same person, getting the same outcome, and I'm saying I want to get married. There has to be a better way. Brokenness will have you do things that don't make any sense. That's right. That's right. That's right. But it will reveal that you're on the wrong path because the pain starts to hurt so much. That goes all the way back to the beginning. Where God said that she would have to experience pain. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's what brokenness is. So there's some good in brokenness. The fact that now I know I can't live like this. God's been saying, I've been waiting for you to say it. I've been waiting for you to say it. You see, I could have been like I used to be. But I realized I couldn't. So I sent my only begotten son into the world to wipe away all mm. of your sins. That I knew you were going to do. Put it up again. That I knew you were going to do. So you had to get the brokenness to realize your frailty to a point that now you can repent. That's right. Got to. Got to. Now you can repent. Yes. But we got to be the watchman. Mm-hmm. We got to be the watchman. Ezekiel 3, 16 and 19 says this. At the end of the seven days, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, I made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to a wicked person, you will surely die. And you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save their life. That wicked person will die for their sins and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person and they do not turn from their wickedness or from their evil ways, they will die for their sin. But you will be saved. We have a responsibility to warn the wicked. We have a responsibility to go out and share the good news, the gospel to somebody, to give them your testimony, how God came into your life, in your life, in your life, and turn things around. We have a responsibility to share the good news. We go from God's design to brokenness back over to the gospel, which is the good news. 
That's our responsibility. But it's honest to share it, but it also says it's their responsibility to make the right choice and decision. It says here in the 19th verse, but if you do not warn the wicked person and they do not turn from their wickedness or their evil ways, they will die for their sins, but you will have saved yourself. They will die from their sins, but we got to warn them. But he goes on to say in Ezekiel 3, 20 and 21, he says, again, when a righteous person turns and does evil, and I will put a stumbling block before them, they will die. Since you did not warn them, they will die for their sin. The righteous things that a person did will not be remembered, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the righteous person not to sin, and they do not sin, they will surely live because they took the warning, and you will have saved yourself. See, if we don't go and share the good news of the gospel, then blood is on our hands. We have that responsibility. But it says, warn the righteous. She put that up here too? Yes, she did. Warn the righteous. Be the one to go out and, 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 and if that person chooses not to sin, then you've done more than you need to do because now they will take the warning and they will live and you too will live. See, the life that he says, and I love this about God, is we're always focused on heaven. But he taught us to pray as it is in heaven, as it is on earth. Yes, 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 as it is on earth, it shall be in heaven. Heaven and earth, heaven and earth. So we can get a taste of heaven here on earth as well. See, the life that you will change will be the life that will change for them living right here in America right now. Living right here in Charlotte right now. Living right here in Southwest Charlotte right now. The life that you change will be the one they can experience today. Yes, yes, amen. One in four kids cannot read at the third grade level. I mean, three, three out of four. Three out of four. That means if four kids were sitting up here right now, three of them couldn't read at the grade level. Out of those three who couldn't read the grade level, 63% go on to jail. That's almost 66%. So two of them have a good chance of being incarcerated. No, Lord, no. So the four means that two will be incarcerated. That's scary. And we wonder why. I, 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 you know, I've been pulled over 26 times by the police when I lived in Indiana for six years. 26 times. 26. I, was, I got to be a professional getting pulled over person. Oh <laughs> I, got, I got, man, I had a Bible ready to put on my dashboard. I had my hands out when they walked up. Um, my license had my cur clergy collar on it because I figured at some point, I, look, don't shoot me. I'm, I'm, my li here's my license. Oh, oh, Pastor. Yes, don't shoot me. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live this life. I mean, come on now. It baffles me though sometimes, and I, I, you know, I have a really distaste for bad police. A strong, I know a lot of bad police. I know 26 bad police. Um. <laughs> But it baffles me when I see brothers who don't understand that we are at war. Mm -hmm. And you get pulled over and you talking disrespectfully to the police officer. Mm -hmm. We are at war. Mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. 
If you don't understand the fact that we are at war, think about El Paso and Dayton. Mm -hmm. They ain't playing. It's, it's started. It's on. And if we don't come to the realization that they are coming. See, in L.A., they used to put little things on their grills when they were part of white supremacist organizations. And Rampart was the one that beat up Rodney King, that division right there. You saw what Rampart did to Rodney King, but you don't see what he, they did every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. And so we don't really understand that we've been at war a very long time. August 19th of this year marks 400 years since the first black folk from Africa came into America. 400, 400 years, people. 400 years. 250 years of, illegal, of legalized slavery yes. and another almost 100 years of legalized Jim Crow. We still not waking up, but one in four of our kids can't read the third grade level. And so when we get pulled over now, it frustrates me when guys don't realize you don't talk back to the authorities. But I understand where they get it from. They got it from elementary school when they didn't bow to authority in the classroom. When they thought they could speak against the authority. So they went through their life talking back to authority. And I tell these kids, there's going to come a day where you can't speak like that to authority. You need to respect authority right now. Yes, yes, yes. But if you can't comprehend or read, don't have the basic tenets to be a productive citizen in elementary school, how else can we expect you to stand before a cop who don't care about you, who's looking for a reason to take you out? That's why education is so important for black boys especially. You got to get it in elementary school. Because life is like, they are coming for you. I ran for mayor of my city. Less than two weeks later, I was being physically assaulted by a police officer. And I'm like, dude, I could have been your boss less than two weeks ago. They don't care. But it all starts, can they read? Can they make it in the classroom? See, it's a, it's a problem when they can't respect authority now because it's going to come a time because authority don't really care. Mm -hmm. Authority will tell you, as long as you got home, it's okay you shot up, shot them. As long as you make it home. In mm -hmm. the day, they got on video long you going home, aren't you? Yeah. That's what yeah. they say. They don't care about what happened to that person. They right. care that they get to go home. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Not the fact that that person they took out is not going home. Their parents going to be weeping and crying. And their children going to be without a dad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they got home. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. That's exactly that's right. what they say. We at war. Mm -hmm. And it all takes starts because we haven't moved ourselves back to the design that God has for us. Mm -hmm. And we moved to a place of sin and brokenness. Didn't come to realization of whose we are and who we are. Yes, yes. And take onus and responsibility to make the choices that leads us to a place of repentance and back to the gospel so we can recover from the abuse that we experienced through our season of brokenness. Mm -hmm. And get back to the design that God has for us. Yes, yes. To be in his image. Amen. So, we're going to be part of that 10%. Amen. 
we're going to go out and we're going to win a soul this year. At least one. Amen. Now, to get one, it may take you a thousand. It may take you a hundred. It's okay. It may take you losing a lot along the way and someone laughing at you talking about get away from me. That's okay. But if you do it this right here, we saw a video. You hear that video? Don't worry about the video. But there's a way that we can do it where we can share the gospel with these things right here and go at least one for two. You know, you can go one for ten, one for ten. You know, look at baseball. Baseball, you can make $20 million a year if you hit the ball, get on base one in three times. You can strike out 200 times, but if you hit the ball one time out of 600 or whatever, you're good. That's great, 300%. 333%, you are leading the uh, Major League Baseball by being a loser. You don't even have. You don't even have. You're a multi-millionaire, one in three. You can go out and ask three people and win one, and you'll be a superstar. You can lose the other two this time, but you just get one. So you don't, look at the numbers. One for 10, one for 10. If I use a different analogy, but it's the one I know. I used to tell young men, if you want a beautiful girlfriend, talk to 10 beautiful women. If only one says, I'll go out with you and becomes your girlfriend, what do you have? A beautiful girlfriend. There you go. Nobody gonna ask you about the other nine. That's right. They're not gonna ask you about the other nine. They say you got to be my girlfriend. If you want a job, right? You only need one job. That's right. Apply for the 10 that you qualify for. Exactly. And get the one. That's right. Nobody going to ask you about the other nine. Uh -huh. They going to say you got a job. You got a job. Yep. The job that you wanted. That's right. So you go out, you get 10 people, and you strike out with nine. And you get one. You won one. There you go. God, you got your one. You got one that 90% of other believers did not and will not get. That's all it takes. That's all we're going to do. I don't know if this is stimulating to you, but it's exciting to me because now I understand. The scripture says this, and I'll close with this. I love this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God, has God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to the message of reconciliation. There's a scriptural passage I love. It says, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I remember your sins no more. God says that. He says he knew we were going to sin. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against him. Because he was committed to the message of reconciliation. I love that passage of scripture that. It lets us know that 
if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. And you think about the simplicity, but the, how profound those words are that God has created us and designed us to be in his image. Mm -hmm. And we can fall and falter and, and, and fail and, and, and look destitute and, and, and find ourselves connected to the addictions of our life by what they are. Love can be an addiction if you're loving the wrong person. It don't have to be alcohol, it don't have to be pornography, it don't have to be prescription drugs. It can be something you do every day that you need not do. That moves you away from a relationship with God. It can be the fact that you go to the gym every day and do your workout every day, but when you should be praying, you don't. We all got to work out, but is it keeping you, something keeping you, in addition keeping you from establishing yourself connected with God? Is it keeping you from your prayer life? If it, is it keeping you from asking forgiveness for somebody who sinned against you? If you if you can't say forgiveness to them, then how can you expect God to forgive you? I mean, you you ain't perfect. We ain't perfect. But see, when we become connected with God, we become a new creation, which means that all the things that we've gone through, everything that we've done. See, the beautiful thing about this is you can fall down and the word of the Lord says you can get back up again. Not just seven times, it's 77 times. Just continue to get back up. Is that about how you fall, when you fall? It's about how you get back up. Yes, yes, amen, amen. How you recover. Yes. How do you recover is what matters most. What's your pursuit? Are you chasing after God? Yes, yes, yes. Don't worry about all these things that happen with sin and brokenness. Oh, he says, I even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I sent my son because I knew you were going to sin. I knew you would continuously sin because from the very beginning, when you were first separation, when I sent Lucifer into the world. <laughs> One thing about Satan, he knows a few things. One thing he knows, he knows that there is a God. He knows he's all powerful. And you know he can't do nothing to spite him. Because he was under his authority and remains under his authority. He's just been damned into hell. He gets God. Another thing about Lucifer, what I understand the enemy, what I understand about him is this. He knows he's already lost. Here he knows he lost. So his goal is to get as many people to go and follow him and lose with him. So he ain't going to be by himself. He's like, I'm never going to be happy again. Never going to taste the glory of God again. Matter of fact, God will summon him. The Bible says he even summons him because Lucifer came to a meeting too. But he know he can't say. He's just a visitor. Yes. He wants us to be like that. So I get that. Man. I also get this. That he, he is... Fulfilling what he's been mandated to do. One thing about him, he's on his J-O-B. To lie, to kill, and destroy. That's what he seeks to do. 
Now, see, you got to understand who your enemy is, but I'm telling you, he's, he's busy. He ain't everywhere, but he's busy. That's right. Only God is everywhere. That's right. So some things I know about him. And so his goal is to get us confused and stop and stuck in brokenness. Because as long as we are in brokenness, we can't get back to God's design. But then God sent the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And he gives us that power to be renewed again when we reconcile ourselves to the Lord. And when you become a new a creation again, the devil also knows who you are. And he'll start to know your name. And you start walking in the light of what God has blessed us with. And as God illuminates with his anointing, establishes his relationship with us. Yes, yes, yes. No matter what we go through, even Lucifer knows, I can't, the enemy knows, I can't do nothing against this right here. That's right. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious. In Jesus' name, please stand to your feet.